0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Tafidis. Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte Chapter 20 To obviate the danger of this threat being fulfilled, Mr. Linton commissioned me to take the boy home early on Catherine's pony. Answered he, as we shall now have no influence over his destiny, good or bad, we must say nothing of he his gone to my daughter. She cannot associate with him hereafter, and it is better for her to remain in ignorance of his proximity, lest she should be restless and anxious to visit the heights. Merely tell her his father sent for him suddenly, and he has been obliged to leave us. Linton was very reluctant to be roused from his bed at five o'clock, and astonished to be informed that he must prepare for further travelling but I softened half the matter by his stating that he was going to spend some time with his father, Mr. Heathcliff, who wished to see him so much, and did not like to defer the pleasure till he should recover from his late journey. "'My father?' he cried in strange perplexity. Mamma never told me I had a father. "'Where does he live? I'd rather stay with Uncle.' "'He lives a little distance from the Grange,' I replied. "'Just beyond those hills. Not so far, but you may walk over here when you get hearty.' "'and you should be glad to go home and to see him. You must try to love him as you did your mother, and then he will love you. But why have I never heard of him before? asked Linton. Why didn't mamma and he live together as other people do? We have business to keep him in the north, I answered, and your mother's health required her to reside in the south. And why didn't mamma speak to me about him? persevered the child. She hasn't talked of uncle, and I learned to love him long ago am I to love Papa? I don't know him. Oh, all children love their parents, I said. Your mother, perhaps, thought you would want to be with him if she mentioned him often to you. Let us make haste. An early ride on such a beautiful morning is much preferable to an hour's long sleep. May she to go with us, demanded the little girl I saw yesterday. Not now, replied I. His uncle, he continued. No, I shall be your companion there, I said. Linton sank back on his pillow and fell into a brown study. "'I will not go without uncle,' he cried length. "May I him tell where you mean to take me.' I attempted to persuade him of the notiness of showing reluctance to meet his father. Still, he obstinately resisted any progress towards Jesse, and I had to call for my master's assistance in courting him out of bed. The poor thing was finally got off, with several delusive assurances that his absence should be short that Mr Edgar and Katy would visit him and other promises equally ill founded which I invented and reiterated at intervals throughout the way the pure heather scented air the bright sunshine and the gentle canter of me relieved his despondency after a while he began to put questions concerning his new home and its inhabitants with greater interest and liveliness is Brothering Heights as pleasant a place as Throscross Grange he inquired turning to take a last glance into the valley where its a light mist mounted in the form of fleecy cloud and a skirt of blue. It's not so buried in trees, I replied. And it's not quite so large, but you can see the country beautifully all around, and the air is healthier for you, fresher and drier. You will, perhaps, think the building old and dark at first, though it is a respectable house, the next best in the neighborhood. And you will have such nice rambles on the moors, have an show that is Miss Cathy's elder cousin and so you manner, manor will show you all the sweetest spots, and you can bring a book in fine weather and make a green hollow your study. Now and then your uncle may join you and walk. He does frequently walk out on the hills. Well is my father like? he yes? asked. Is he as young and handsome as uncle? He's as young, said I, but he has black hair and eyes, and looks turner, and he's taller and bigger altogether. He'll not seem to you so gentle and kind at first, perhaps, because it is not his way. Still, mind you, be frank and cordial with him, and naturally he'll be fonder of you than any uncle, for you are his own. Black hair and eyes, Linton. I can't fancy him. Then I am not like him, am I? Not much, I answered. Not more so, I thought, surveying with regret the white complexion and slim frame of my companion, and his large languid eyes, his mother's eyes, so that unless a morbid touched his candle than a moment they had not a vestige of his sparkling spirit. How strange that he should never come to see Mamma and me, he murmured. Has even seen me? If he has, I must have been a baby. I remember not a single thing about him ay master linton said i three hundred miles is a great distance and ten years from very different lengths length to a grown-up person compared with what they do to you This probable mr heathcliff proposed going from summer to summer but never found a convenient opportunity now it is too late and trouble with him with questions on the subject to disturb him for no good the boy was fully occupied with his own cogitations for the remainder of the ride till we halted before the farmhouse garden gate I watched to catch his impressions in his countenance. He surveyed the carved front and low browed lattices, the straggling gooseberry bushes and crooked furrows, with solemn intentness, and then shook his head. His private feelings entirely disapproved of the exterior of his new road, but he had sense to postpone complaining, and there might be compensation within. Before he dismounted, I went and opened the door. It was half past six that the family had just finished breakfast, and the servant was clearing and wiping down at the table. Joseph stood by his master's chair, telling some tale tell concerning the lame horse, and Hereton was preparing for the hayfield. Hello, Nelly, and Mr Histie for his the "'Yeah, I feel I should have to come down and fetch my property myself. You've brought it, have you? Let's see what you can make of it. He got up and stole to the door. Her and Joseph followed in gaping curiosity. Bullington ran a frightened eye over the faces of the three. Surely," said Joseph, after a grave inspection, "he's what we maister, and yon his lass." Heathcliff, having stared his son into an agony of confusion, uttered a scornful laugh. God, <laughs> what a beauty! What a lovely charming thing!" he exclaimed. "Haven't they a reedy snail and sour milk, Nelly?" But. Down my soul, but that's worse than expected. The devil knows I was not sanguine. I bid the trembling and bewildered child get down and enter. He did not thoroughly comprehend the meaning of his father's speech or whether it proved for him. Indeed, he was not yet certain that the grim, sneering stranger was his father. But it clung to me with a growing trepidation, and on Mr Heathcliff's taking a seat and bidding him come hither, he hid his face on my shoulder and wept. Ta-ta! said Hastily, stretching out a hand and dragging him roughly between his knees, and then holding up his abdic cheek, nor the nonsense. You're not going to hurt thee Linton, isn't that thy name? Thou art thy mother's child entirely. Where is my share in thee pueling chicken? He took out the boy's cap and pushed back his thick flaxen curls, felt his slender arms and his small fingers, during which examination Linton ceased crying, and looked in his great blue eyes to his bathing inspector. "'Do you know me?' asked Heathcliff, having satisfied himself that limbs were all equally frail and feeble. "'No,' said Linton, with a gaze of vacant fear. "'You heard me, I dare say.' "'No,' he replied again. "'No! What a shame if your mother never awakened you feel a regard for me. "'You're my son, then I'll tell you. "'But your mother was a wicked slut, to leave you in ignorance of the sort of father you possessed. "'Now then, Winston, cover up?' Though it is something to see you have not white blood, be a good lad, and I'll do for you. Now, if you be tired, you may sit down. Not get home yet. I guess you'll report what you hear and see to the cipher at the Grange. But the thing won't be settled while you linger about it. Well, replied. I hope you'll be kind to the boy, Mister Heathcliff, or do not keep him long, and he is all you have kin in the white world. But you will ever know. Remember. I'll well, be very kind to him. You needn't fear. He said, laughing. Only nobody else must be kind to him. I am jealous of monopolizing his affection. To begin, my King Joseph Tringle had some breakfast. Here, turn your infernal calf, but to work. Yes, Nell, no. he added when they had departed my son is prospective owner of your place, and I should not wish him to die till I was certain of being his successor. Besides, he's mine, and I want the triumph of seeing my descendant fairly lord of their estates. My child hiring their children to till with father's lands for wages. That is the sole consideration which can make me endure the whelp. I despise him for himself, and I hate him for the memories he arrives. That consideration is sufficient. He is as safe with me, and shall be tended as carefully as you must tend his own. I have a room upstairs furnished for him in a handsome style. I have engaged a tutor also to come three times a week from a twenty miles distant to teach him with a place to learn. I've ordered him to obey him, and in fact, arranged everything with a view to preserving the superior and the gentleman in him above his sources. I do regret, however, that he so little deserves any trouble. If I wished any blessing in the world, just to find him a worthy object of pride, then I'm bitterly disappointed with the way faced a way-faced whining wretch. When he was speaking, Dumbledore returned bearing a basin of milk porridge in place before Linton, who stirred round the homeliness with a look of aversion, but firm could not eat it. I saw the old man's servant share largely his master's corner of the child, though he was compelled to retain the sentiment in his heart because he could plainly meant his underlings to hold him in honour. cannot eat it, repeated he peering in Linton's face and subduing his voice to whisper for fear of being overheard. But Maister Hareton neither ignored else when he were a little one, and what were good enough for him is good enough for years, rather think. I shall eat it, answered Linton snappishly. Take it away. Do they snatch of the food indignantly and borrowed us? Is it all ail stick he asked, thrusting the turn of his lips note. "'What should ail them? he said. Well, said Joseph, young dainty chop says he cannot eat em. But I guess it's right. His mother wedges just so we're almost too mucky to soak corn for making our bread. Don't mention his mother to me, said the master angrily. Get him something we can eat, that's all. What is his usual food, Nelly? I suggest boiled milk or tea, while the housekeeper receives instructions to prepare some. Come, I reflect, and his father's selfishness may contribute to his comfort. He perceives his delicate constitution and the necessity of treating him tolerably. I will console Mr Eddie by acquainting him with the turn his close humour has taken. Having no excuse for lingering longer, I slipped out while Linton was engaged in timidly rebuffing with the advances of friendly Chip Dogg, was too much on the alert to be cheated. As I closed the door, I heard a cry in frantic repetition of the words, Don't leave me! I must stay here! I must stay here! But the latch was raised and fell. They did not suffer him to come forth. I mounted Minnie and urged her to a trot, and so my brief guardianship ended. Chapter twenty.